I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, and good afternoon on a Friday. We're here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. This is Boyd Matheson. I am the opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you on a Friday. Hope you're getting ready for a very nice weekend. Uh, we are with you here on the extended version of Inside Sources until 3 o'clock today when we will pass the baton to Jeff Kaplan, who will safely get you home, get you through traffic, and uh, all the up-to-date information and inside news you're going to need uh, to be a little smarter by the time you get home today. So stay tuned for Jeff at the top of the hour. All right, I want to shift gears a little bit. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, heavy political focus uh, today. We've talked about the budget deal. We've talked about the debates in Detroit. We've had Governor Herbert on with us, uh, Dr. Uh, David Bob from the uh, Bill of Rights Institute, and James Walner from uh, R Street Consulting, and uh, a lot of lot of things to process, a lot of things to go through. But I want to shift gears to just some principles. We always like to get to the principal component on this show. And I want to share with you a principle that I came across years ago that uh, I'm still trying to master and figure out, but whenever I do, it's a good day and it's a good thing. And the principle comes from George MacDonald. So a little background, George MacDonald was a Scotsman, so of course great thinking. Uh, That's my heritage, the Scots. Uh, He was born in 1824 and... He was able to capture in writing what the challenges, the pressures, the pace of our modern society would be. He was way, way, way ahead of his time when it comes to the stressors and the angst and anxiety and exhaustion that would that would take place in the modern world. And this is what he said. Again, this is back in the 1800s. He said this, work is not always required. Work is not always required. There is such a thing as sacred idleness, the cultivation of which is now fearfully neglected. So I'm going to read that again. If you want to pull over and jot that down, <laughs> this is this is a keeper. Again, this is George MacDonald, 1800s. Again, projecting what kind of exhaustion and exasperation we would have in the 21st century. He said, work is not always required. There is such a thing as sacred idleness, the cultivation of which is now fearfully, he said fearfully neglected in the 1800s. So what is that? Uh, He felt, again, back in the 1800s, that society was moving too fast, missing too much, manufacturing too much stress in the process. So fast forward to today, and we live in what is an accelerating fast forward kind of world. I mean, we have more changes, more challenges in one of our 24-hour days 
than our grandparents had in decades of their lives. So it's fast. As a result, a lot of us are feeling pretty weary. It is one of the things that I think is tangible uh, all across the country, that we, we have this weariness. And it's a weariness of body and mind and soul, and it's the kind of weariness, sadly, that doesn't appear disappear with a good night's rest. So it's not going away. There are so many in this country of ours that greet the dawn every morning with a weariness, a weariness that just kind of is discouraging, it's depressing. Uh, it can turn into despair and, and all of the illnesses of despair that we have in our in our society and country today. But what he's saying is that, look, there is this thing called sacred idleness. It's not required of us to work all the time, to be engaged all the time. And while the external influences that bring on weariness are just a small part, <laughs> it's just a small part of overall weariness. Most of, most of our weariness, I would suggest, is self-inflicted. Uh, when we try to do too much, uh, we can't say no. Okay, I'm bad at that one. Trying to please everyone all the time, obsessing on the negative news, holding a grudge is exhausting, being in a hurry all the time, needlessly worrying about things that we can't control, being forever tethered to our technology, even just not being clear about what we really want and what really matters to us. All of that adds to the weight and the weariness that we can experience. And so let's get to the solution. And this is from George MacDonald, 1800s. There is such a thing as sacred idleness, the cultivation of which is now fearfully neglected. Uh, He was so worried back in the 1800s that they were just moving too fast. So let me tell you a little bit about sacred idleness. Sacred idleness is not, and I repeat, is not in any way a justification for self-indulgence or laziness or narcissism. Sacred idleness is not about escaping reality, mindlessly watching TV, flicking through Facebook and Instagram, sleeping late, just surfing the social media stuff, or justifying doing whatever feels good to us. That is not what sacred idleness is all about. But sacred idleness is, it's a, it's a focus on the things that renew, that rejuvenate, that restore Uh, It should be noted that sacred idleness does not necessarily equate to things related to religion or spirituality, although it often does for me. Um, It's it's important to note that the word sacred is also defined in an interesting way. It is something that is highly valued, something that is set aside or even set apart for a specific purpose. So, for example, a, a parent's sacred fund for their child's college education that is saved through their hard work, their sacrifice. That's a good example of something that would be sacred. Time set aside for loved ones can be sacred. Time set aside for self-reflection can be sacred. So sacred idleness is is really an opportunity to rest, uh, to do it in the real way. Not I'm not talking about laying in hammocks or you know that kind of stuff. Uh, Sacred idleness is the real rest. It's the kind of rest that is energizing. Uh, It's the joy. It's the peace. It's the satisfaction from working hard and being done at the end of the day, really tired, but but pleased that you got something done. Uh, 
And so we, we need to learn how to rest and what we do with that rest. Uh, in the end, uh, to me, sacred idleness is about pursuing just small moments, little moments that matter. It's making time for yourself. Uh, one thing I love to do, I love to get a shoe shine at the airport. That is a sacred idleness moment for me where I can just kind of disconnect and disengage and uh, just look at things from a different perspective. Uh, disconnecting from our technology can also be a nice sacred idol moment. Listening to, to music, uh, listening to my wife sing is always a sacred idleness moment for me. Reading history, breathing deeply, uh, doing Tai Chi or Qigong is, is a great thing for me. Writing or uh, just focusing myself to be still, uh, another real lost art in the world today. Can we actually, actually be still? So one real interesting thing before we take our break, uh, sacred idleness can also be found in one of the most important spaces, and that is serving other people having meaningful dialogue, reaching out, or as we often say on the show, making a difference, doing something to make a difference. And it's it's true that most people run out of energy and hope before they run out of opportunity. And this feeling of being burned out, overextended, and forever weary, it ruins relationships, it ruins careers, it ruins organizations, it ruins our, our personal lives. So recharging your batteries, decompressing, stepping back, uh, filling our days with things that inspire, renew, and are rewarding uh, is a great way to deal with this fast-paced world that we live in. So in the end, we'll come full circle. George McDonald was right. Working, pressing, stressing are not always required. There is this thing called sacred idleness. And if you're feeling a little weary today or a little unable to sustain your daily pursuits, might be time for some sacred idleness. All right, when we come back... We will wrap up the show for the day, do a quick recap of where we've been over the last two and a half hours. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources right here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of the extended version of Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on your Friday. Hope you're having a fantastic day and are ready for a great weekend. Uh, we've been shifting gears a little bit. We, we powered down a little bit in the last segment. And uh, for those of you who may have missed the last segment, of course, you can always uh, go listen to the podcast on uh, the KSL News radio app, which is what you should do. And we were talking about George McDonald and this this quote I found years ago. Again, this was written in the 1800s. This guy was born in 1824. And he said, work is not always required. There is such a thing as sacred idleness, the cultivation of which is now fearfully neglected. He was worried about the pace and direction of society in the 1800s. <laughs> Here we are in 2019 and we're all exhausted. 
We're forever tethered to our technology. We're forever checking, you know, for every beep, buzz, tweet, chirp, whatever it may be. And a lot of us are waking up in the morning weary. And the answer to that weariness is sacred idleness. And we talked through uh, a few of the different options there. I did mention that uh, sacred idleness was not just lying in a hammock doing nothing, uh, but my son Will rightly pointed out that for him, hanging in his brand-new birthday hammock is actually sacred idleness because that's where good thoughts come to him. And so that's a good thing. Uh, My wife points out that uh, exercise is a great form of sacred idleness, and I would agree with that. It's very true. Uh, that going for a good walk, getting a good sweat uh, can be very renewing and rejuvenating. Uh, The thing I want to emphasize to everyone is that when we say sacred idleness, we're not just talking about hanging out with your feet up doing nothing or just being self-absorbed. It's it's much, much more than that. Uh, But it's important that we recognize what is that sacred idleness for each of us individually. Because if we can figure out what that sacred idleness looks like and feel like we can ensure to follow uh, George McDonald's counsel (laughs) that we don't fearfully neglect it because burnout is a real thing. Many of the issues of mental health with discouragement, depression, uh, all of those things are, are part of this weary exhaustion that is really tough. Sometimes you feel like you're in the bottom of the big black hole. And there's no way out. And often figuring out how to find some sacred idleness is what will rejuvenate you or give you the the energy or the endurance to keep going, to keep pushing, to keep striving, even when it doesn't look so good or doesn't feel so good. And again, they can be very simple things. You don't have to be a millionaire to enjoy sacred idleness. You can listen to some good music. You can read a good book. You can uh, talk to a friend. You can go for a walk. All of those things can produce that renewal that we need. And again, for a lot of people, that can be a very spiritual renewal. And it can come through faith. It can come through religion. It can come through all kinds of education. Uh, And there's a host of ways to get it. It's different for each individual. But the important thing is that you're committed to it. And what are the things that you can do day to day that just give you that little moment of sacred idleness uh, can really make a difference. Now, I'm going to pull uh, Jeff Kaplan into the equation here because I'm sorry, I was logging onto my devices. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff's Jeff's trying to get ready to do a show. But I also know that Jeff is going to be off exploring some sacred idleness next week. A little disconnect, a little time away. And uh, what do you look forward to? What's what's a sacred idol moment for you? Well, I'm going to be at the Jersey Shore and just sitting on mom's steps, looking out at the water mm-hmm. late in the afternoon into the early evening and just let my thoughts go where they go. Yeah. I hope to have a moment of that because I'm bringing a granddaughter with <laughs> Uh, hey, grandchildren uh, produce many sacred idol moments. Uh, they can also get you very tired very fast. <laughs> yeah, we're taking her to New York City for the first time ever. Oh, wow. And it's strange for me because having grown up in the shadows of New York City and spent my first 50 years there, 
I'm going as a tourist <laughs> for the first time in my life, and I don't quite know how to do it. Yeah. Well, we we will wait with bated breath for the response uh, when you get back. But we do hope Jeff has a, a fantastic uh, time off, a little time to, to disconnect and rejuvenate, reconnect with family and uh, enjoy the Jersey Shore. So that'll be uh, that'll be great. Thank you, Boyd. All right. Jeff's coming up here in about five minutes, so don't go anywhere. Uh, he will, as always, uh, guide you safely home with all the news, traffic, uh, information, and insight you need to actually get home from your commute a little bit smarter than when you left the office today. So stay with Jeff Kaplan today. All right, I want to wrap up uh, just with a couple of things as we, as we finish out this week. Uh, was really a historic week. Uh, this week, you had uh, on Sunday evening, you had uh, President Russell M. Nelson, president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, speaking, uh, delivering a, a key speech on Sunday evening at the NAACP uh, National Convention in Detroit, Michigan, a historic partnership that we've monitored throughout the week, uh, taking the church's self-reliance program and then having the NAACP modify, tweak that to to meet the needs of the inner city, of minority communities uh, in the areas of financial literacy, upward mobility, saving, education, and uh, all of those things. And the uh, pilot programs that took place in San Francisco and in Chicago have uh, produced some great results. And to just see that connection, if you, if you haven't seen online, there's a tremendous interview with one of my new favorite people in the world, uh, Reverend Amos Brown uh, from uh, San Francisco, and he and President Nelson have connected in a most unique way, and I think it's because they come together around principles uh, of helping everyone, regardless of where they're from or what they look like uh, or what their background might be, and and that's it. Uh, we played earlier on in the show a, uh, a little clip from uh, Reverend Brown uh, where he actually went back to the old nursery school. Uh, the more we get together, the happier we'll be. And he talked about that your song will be my song. My song will be your song. And then he went on to say, the more we work together, the happier we'll be, which is also true. Uh, and at a time where the rhetoric in our nation is white hot and very divisive, we need to not turn away from each other, but turn toward each other because the answers to all the ills that the country and our communities face the answers are going to be found together the the answers are not going to come from the marbled halls of congress they're not going to come from a a boardroom of a big company they're going to come in the classrooms they're going to come in our community centers they're going to come in our neighborhoods and it's one of the great things about being part of this great place we call Utah, uh, there is a Utah model. It is a real thing. And people in Washington look at it. They're looking at it this week as they grapple with uh, a budget that has no spending caps that would increase our national debt to $22, 23 $24 trillion over the next couple of years. Uh, and then they look at Utah and say, wow, Utah's working. Well, why is Utah working? Because we have a great free market economy where businesses can grow and thrive and entrepreneurs can start new businesses and take their shot at their version of the American dream. Utah is working. The Utah model is working because we have communities that care and we are willing to set aside our differences to figure out how do we deal with homelessness? 
How do we deal with the opioid epidemic? How do we deal with anxiety and depression in our young people? All of those things are doable. All of those things are possible in this great place that we call Utah. And so as you head into your weekend, uh, I think one of the areas of sacred idleness uh, that one of our texters uh, piped in with, and that is giving thanks. Uh, You want to experience a little sacred idleness? Just take a couple minutes today to say thanks or to give thanks or to just think of what you're thankful for. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us on a Friday. This is Boyd Matheson. I am the opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on the extended version of Inside Sources. The great Jeff Kaplan will get you home along with Maria Chaleos right here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.